Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Tom and Joe know all there is to know From masterpieces to deep fried tacos And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say There's no telling where the guys will take you Get ready for a spoiler Won't say it twice cause we're already Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude. This is Real Spoilers, episode 769. You got it. I did it. You did it. Yes. Sorry, small victories we have yes. to celebrate. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Or not so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was dynamite, I guess. Technically. Yeah. There was explosions. Anyway, let's go around the table. were blown apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mostly the men that slept with Josephine. So let's go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Paul. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Joe is out this week doing family stuff. Anyway, shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeart, TuneIn. Wherever you find a podcast, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and follow us. You never miss an episode. Maybe leave us a review. It's super helpful. Uh, to the League of Show Sharers, we love you, but I didn't get a chance to do it this week because we're recording a day early. And yesterday I did all the family things. We went every year. We hunt and kill our own Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> so we went and did that. And uh, and then we went and looked at Christmas lights. Do you turn to the camera and go, be very, very quiet? <laughs> at one point in the Christmas process, trees. do you acquire twine? <laughs> they hand it to you. Oh, really? Yeah, they have they have it ready for you. to. And then I always have my brother-in-law tie the, the tree to the roof of the car because I... I have no skill set mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. So, I thought you went to the spinning wheel and yeah. <laughs> is that how they make it? I don't know. <laughs> so well, we went to the zoo and looked at the Christmas Ooh. lights. Nice. And uh, I like all the non-Jesus-y aspects of Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's my... I'm, I'm, we're a secular Christmas household. Oh. So, Not uh, keeping the Christ in Christmas? Nah. Just miss? <laughs> yeah. Just celebrating miss? <laughs> yeah, celebrating miss. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, um, 
So anyway, so we will get you next week. Kevin will, because I won't be here next week, because I will be in London. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. I mean, if, even if you record something, I mean, we're getting the screeners now, so maybe even if we record like on Tuesday or Wednesday or Potentially, something. depending on what our schedule yeah. looks like. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, uh, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content, and we like you extra. Also, don't forget, you can watch these episodes on YouTube at youtube.com slash at ambersand hashtag the clip out real spoilers real spoilers hey, dot org especially if you like elvis i would highly recommend you visit the youtube channel the elvis fans have taken over the comments <laughs> of our priscilla episode number oh. three in the time that we've been on youtube now for over a year consistently in two weeks it's yeah. our number three most viewed video These people are mad because we we said bad things about Elvis. They slandered Elvis. Yeah. They did. I didn't. I wasn't on that episode. Yeah. Don't, don't come after me, internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, But please keep watching and commenting on our YouTube videos. Sure. It's funny. I've never been embroiled in a controversy that I was so disengaged with. <laughs> I was just like, well, I mean, Elvis is kind of a dirtbag. So, like, we're not having a fight. You're having a right. fight. Yeah. I'm just like... <laughs> Okay, like you can still like them, whatever. Right. Yeah, you know, it was it it was a different time, and sure, and but I, uh, I had no idea that the uh, that there was like the, I mean, I knew Elvis was popular, obviously, but I had no idea that his supporters were like still out say, there. Yeah, and if yeah. you say any or on the internet, like it's not like no offense, but I don't think of the Elvis demographic as one that's like on, well, in the YouTube. Do you Why? Because he died forty six years ago. <laughs> I will never forgive Elvis for his death. Robbing Groucho Marx of his. Oh wow! Yes, absolutely. Hundred percent. Elvis died like what the day after Groucho Marx, oh, or less than twelve hours. Yeah, and so it was like it like no so one. Groucho Marx got almost no attention yep. when he died because wow. everyone was talking about Elvis. Yeah, yeah. and so had a much greater influence on me. Same, than Elvis. same. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, his death, right? <laughs> No, I think Groucho Marx is actually dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel pretty confident. No, 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 no. the other one. Oh, the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, how old would he be now? But he'd be like 90 now or something, right? Like, or how old would he? uh, He'd be, yeah, that's right. right. Probably around, right? I I, I don't know. Because I guess, like, in the. Groucho would be 150. (laughs) Well, if you take care of yourself. (laughs) So, he was born in 35. So. I'm that's bad at math. Ni- that's 90, not, or 88, or what, 89. So yeah. he could very easily still be around. He could, but I just mean at some point, the he's still alive thing is going to be less likely and less yes. Even if he were. Statist- mathematically. I hear he's years. living with Andy Kaufman and JFK Jr. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that, that was just for the QAnon listeners. Just for the QAnon listeners. Well, oh, I guess man. we got to get those hits up. So. Yeah, whatever works, man. Whatever Trifecta. works. So anyway, uh, there's all that. Let's, uh, let's dig into Napoleon. Now, are there Napoleon... Super fans, probably. Yeah, but okay. it's the pastry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the ice cream. <laughs> that no, that's Neapolitan. I know that's the worst ice cream. Who wants pink ice cream? What is that about? It's Pepto Bismol. No child has ever right? said, "Can we have strawberry we have ice pink? cream?" Yeah, it's like if you ever if you ever had a thing in Neapolitan, it's like everybody eats everything but the pink ice cream. Is you that know? still a thing? Can it's, you still I, buy? Yeah, it, I think sure. at Walmart for like four dollars you get the tub. I've wow. seen it before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta say, not a fan of fake chocolate ice cream though. Like, I would rather have the pink probably than the fake chocolate flavored. Like, if what it, is fake chocolate? Well, you know what? I mean? If it's if it's like in the tub from Walmart, you know, and everything's artificial, and it's like the chocolate is just like not good. I'll take fake chocolate over real pink. 
Vin- yeah. <laughs> strawberry, like strawberry ice cream with real strawberries is good. Oh, I don't like fruits or vegetables. Really? Oh, well, that's true. You're allergic to those. Yeah. But uh, vanilla, I think vanilla bean is my favorite where it's like that real vanilla taste. Okay. We well, really are chomping at the bit to talk about Napoleon, aren't we? Yeah. Well, so, I, I enjoyed this movie. So I, here's my question. Why does Ridley Scott hate horses? This was the, you know, I'm, I'm really <laughs> glad you mentioned this, Tom. This is the first time I've ever seen a horse take a cannonball to the face. Yeah. Well, Twice. And many, why did we need to see it? Like, they, like they, there's like graphic horse mutilation. Yes. Twice. Yes. The only thing I can think of is that that's was a huge part of the war that you know the cavalry. No, I will and say so, like, in all the time I've seen movies where like they're fighting they're on horses. Like, like it most like a horse falls down. They fall like, over or whatever. But you don't actually see like horse carnage right so i think i and so i i, I know that you've got one side that's probably like oh well that seems so cruel or mean but like on the other hand it's like look but, at all the animals they killed because they use them as these tools of war and i think it kind of spotlights like the abuse and everything the animals went through so i, I don't I, think that's why he did it i don't think he was trying to spotlight anything except we can make the horse's head explode right oh, maybe yeah i just it was it was interesting because yes you don't usually see that and then i was also trying to think from a different point of view we don't Remember, like, we don't think of how animals were used and abused like that. And now with wars, we generally don't have animals. I mean, when they first started making westerns, like, they they would just let the horse, they would just kill the horses on film. Some of those old westerns where you see horses falling, they didn't have some special trick. That like oh, wow. like they were just like yeah that horse fell and died whatever yeah it's crazy to think of I mean things are so different now and so I don't know I to me it was kind of like the cruelty of the way that we used you know pe- human beings would use animals as objects you know like just like they were a tr- car or a train or whatever else that could be that was expendable and it kind of spotlights the abuse that those animals want the horse expendables the horse expendables <laughs> now I'm that now that's a movie I'm in for. <laughs> So I'm putting together a team. So you like this? I like this movie. Yeah. I, so I didn't know a lot about Napoleon. What I thought was really fascinating is that in my experience, Napoleon's always a joke. I didn't know that he was one of the world's greatest military leaders. Yeah. But he's did the me, Princess Bride teach you nothing? But in all the media that I've seen, it's always a joke. He's short or what? You and know, he wasn't. Like, right, right? he's five seven, which was average. Which for was men average at the, time. At the time, yeah. Right, but so that's what I mean is that it's all it's like a slander or propaganda. It's like they made up. And I was doing some history and like with Marie Antoinette, and apparently a lot of her detractors were making things up, and a lot of like let them eat cake. Apparently, was not something she said, but it was you know political. It was like, well, yeah. we need to take the power out. So she said this horrible thing and did this horrible thing, and so no, it never happened today. <laughs> oh, never, right? Exactly. So it's interesting to see how good Napoleon was and and how... To a point. Yeah, well, that's debatable, too, with all the deaths and everything. But, you know, going and doing research on Napoleon, it's like he is hailed as one of the greatest tacticians, which his stuff is still studied today. And I always thought the guy was just a angry, short little dude that craved power and was a joke. And so, I don't know, it was really interesting to see and then research and be like, yeah, people really do respect him as a general. And the Napoleonic Code, like, obviously it was a little archaic compared to nowadays, but, you know, it instilled education and the metric system, which, of course, we aren't, we aren't on board right. for, but but it, it the stuff that he did is still in use today, and, and I don't know, it just seemed like he... 
Europe was really prosperous during his time in control. Not saying everything he did was great, but like the guy was responsible for a lot of really positive things. Yeah, but and I, but the the whole folly of war thing that that you know at the end of this movie, there's a graphic that mm-hmm. tells you. That he led 61 battles, and mm-hmm. we, we get to see six in the movie. Yeah. And six million people died on the battlefields mm-hmm. in these wars that Napoleon led or was part of. Was it six million? I thought it was three million. Okay, it was three million Still people. Still a lot. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. I was including horses. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought it was four million for uh, some reason. Wh- wh- but all right, millions. Right, right, millions. No, I know, I know. Millions I just, of people yeah. died right. just so egotists yeah. could have more land. That was that's all they were fighting over. They were yeah. fighting over land. I want to take over this part of that country. Let's take over part of France. France. No, let's take over part of whatever. But that's next war door. in general. I mean, it's so the, I, I know the, the, the power I mean, trip of what war. is it good for? Right? Yeah. Absolutely not. Exactly. Well, I, I, <laughs> and so that was the thing that stuck with me yeah. during the movie and particularly when I saw that graphic which apparently I don't remember actually. But <laughs> That that it, you know you're you're seeing a guy who is a genius at war, and at the end was France bigger because of Napoleon? Did they get a lot of land from other countries? Did they the you know, they didn't expand and take over Europe? But, right. Yeah, but but if he didn't do the things that he did, England was going to take over all these places. They were trying to. I mean, it was just a fight between. Well, England's coming in, and when he goes to Egypt, England was trying to go and take that over, and then be able to take over more parts of the world so i mean he was stopping the invading england from taking over the parts where france was so i'm not saying everything again i i'm just learning about the guy i don't know a ton i thought he was just a joke but it seems that what he was doing was trying to he was trying to have a more peaceful europe is so what he says but then all these other leaders were coming and trying to take over land so he was like no join us and be partners and they're like no we want your land and he's like well we go to war and he was really good at it so I don't think it was just him trying to conquer, but he did take influence from the Roman Empire, and he did. There were a lot of things that, like, I think he eventually had an epiphany where he was like, "I was sent to be the emperor, the great whatever." You know, what I mean, so he definitely did have some of that ego trip stuff about him. But I don't think that he was just a conqueror. I think that all these, I think that the world was at this point in time, everyone was trying to get everyone else's land, and he was like be partner at least in the movie you know like join up with us and then alexander or whatever is like nope i'm good and prussia or whatever they're all like nope i'm good and then he says okay well he made a mistake because we're gonna you know we're gonna take you over then we're gonna sacrifice millions of men to get that hill (laughs) (laughs) oh wait that's vietnam sorry (laughs) he was basically italian i didn't know that either that corsica was just basically taken over by the french Mm -hmm. But it was Italian up until then, so that's where he comes from. So he was Italian, but, you know, French because of the territories or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's just interesting to see all the things he accomplished and all the wars that he won and everything. Because, again, I just – I grew up in, you know, cartoons or whatever, and they show him, and he looks funny. He's short. He's Bill a Rocky and Bullwinkle or whatever. Yeah, it's Bill just – Bill and Ted. He's a joke, right? And so I think it's interesting how popular media can paint – a historical figure and everyone just piles on oh he's a joke he's a joke but it's like this guy was really good did I, you like joaquin phoenix i think joaquin phoenix is one of the greatest actors out there i did not like him but i don't necessarily think like oh he was perfect for this role 
You know, it took me a while to get used to the no accent and everything. But. I was glad they didn't do accents. Like, right. I, like, like I, I didn't need a whole movie of Joaquin Phoenix being like, oh, let's take this <laughs> hill. Oh, wait, did we, that's offensive. We, we researched this at one point. Is that offensive or not? Uh, oh, they're French. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get the YouTube but you love comments their fries. going. I'm trying to get the YouTube comments going. They're fries. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But, but, uh, but yeah, like I so like I I really like the fact that they're like we're not even going to try. Like we're just like no. I like it when movies do that thing where they start in the language and then they turn into English. Hunt like, for Red October. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, okay, we get it. We're understanding them. You don't. And right. I'm not opposed to subtitles, but I like it when they kind of transition you. This movie's a little bit abrupt. They just you plop you down here in France, and then everyone speak has English accents, and Joaquin Phoenix has an American accent, and it just goes. Which again, I'm not saying I wanted him to do it because right. basically what I figured out is he's like, we want Joaquin Phoenix, and Joaquin Phoenix is like, I can't do a French accent. He's like, okay, but I well, can mumble. Well, that was we'll my problem it. with him. I thought he mumbled his way through the entire movie. I thought some of his speeches were like really like he just learned them the day before or something. I, again, I think yeah. he's a great actor, but something about this performance, like he didn't seem honed into me, and that's a shame because I think he's so good. I didn't really understand what Ridley Scott thinks of Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Right, short of that graphic at the end. Like, I'm just like, do you like this guy? Do you hate this guy? Like, I really... I think he's got to like him. I really do. Because, Well, whether you like him or don't like him, again, all those things I was talking about, it's really fascinating to see. Like, the Napoleonic Code is still used today. But now, it's none of that's in such. the movie. Uh, well, yeah, I the, guess uh, for that... Por- like, yeah. you see nothing about... Like, he just shows up one day and he's like, hey, remember that time I won a battle? I think I'm going to be in charge of the country now. And everybody's like, okay. And then, and then, and then the people that are in charge of the country, they just show up at their house and they're like, you're not in charge anymore. And they're like, well, darn it the heck. And then that's the end of it. Like, it's just so like, it's yeah. just yeah, the so political weird stuff is like, they don't really go into it. I do think it's more about the military, right? His focus is on the, the, the battles. Well, that, that he, and the relationship with Josephine, right. which is also interesting because from doing my research, like he wrote her letters nonstop when he was over in Egypt, he would write her at, at least once a day and she was how you had to sext back then yeah well and unfortunately she was leaving him on red because yeah he she was not writing him back and he did he was very frustrated she had taken a lover at home and he's writing her every day and these letters he writes i mean he was like i found out he actually wrote a like a romance novel (laughs) like later on in his life like this dude was you know you see you hear about french passion and all that like dude his letters were like italian passion well, yeah, but, you know, technically it was French. But <laughs> I, I don't even have time for that. I mean, here's a, yeah. he's leading a, a, a legion of men yeah. in war against any number of opponents at any time. It's probably when he started losing. Hey. And he's writing in longhand. I, I believe I believe what he said was, you get your smoke breaks, I get my letter breaks, okay? It's only fair. Every 15 minutes, I get, or every couple hours, I get to write a letter for 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but... I you know the but the and when I see a film like this I think oh they're trying to play up the romance they're making it into they're giving like you know here's something for people that want to watch a love story or whatever but it's like this dude was extremely passionate with 
with his romances and his feelings for Josephine and he never loved anyone as much as her and the things you see in the movie where he's like you know he doesn't want to divorce her but he needs an heir to carry on his legacy and all that and still loved her and everything it's like yeah that from all the letters that people have found that when they're like yeah the, the dude stole or the valet or whatever stole the letters and it's like that's how we know about all this stuff and because they got them all sold off and so was she doing something to not get pregnant because she could clearly have children she had children who what happened to those kids? They're, they're, well, I'm glad you break this up. Because, the kid in the beginning. That's yeah. the, my. So excuse me, sir. May I have my father's sword? And then you go there. Oh, he meets her. Oh, and we go on a date. You never see his his stepson Even worse, again. There's a lot of time spent with Napoleon and Josephine having sex. And by the way, it's skin. Well, one of them is. One of them is. <laughs> It's skin slapping doggy style sex, yeah. which, by the way, Ridley Scott also did in the last duel with mm-hmm. the rapes of JD, Jody Comer's character. Very, very similar. Okay, and the goal there is to try to impregnate her and have a male heir mm-hmm. who can take over for him. Mm-hmm. And at one point, they think, well, maybe he's not capable of having children because yeah. he hadn't had any yet. So. Somebody gets him another woman mm-hmm. to have sex with, and she becomes pregnant with a boy heir. Yeah. Who we never hear about yeah. again ever in the rest of the movie. Right. It's like, I thought it's like, well, why didn't he just marry her if yeah. he's going to do a sham? Well, I guess she's not from any world. They do it to uh, sew alliances or whatever. Yes. So he but can't Josephine just- didn't have, did she have aristocracy in her well, not lineage? It- she was a noble. She was. Oh, was a, she? she was. Oh, okay. uh, she was in jail. Her husband was hung, but he was a French oh, aristocrat. Guess that's why she <laughs> that's why. let him knock her up. Um, he was a French aristoc- uh, aristocrat, and uh, he was aristocrats. Yeah. <laughs> so he. That's where the skin slapping comes in. Yeah. <laughs> and so in Bob she, Saget's version. <laughs> so she was thrown in jail. He was hung, and then um, hanged. Was that? It's yeah. actually oh, how it's you hanged. say it. Okay. Yeah. It's so yeah. weird. To, I don't yeah. know why it just sounds wrong, but it does. It, it right? does sound weird, but hanged is hanged. actually okay. the proper thing to say there. And so, whenever they say, "Oh, twenty thousand whatever people were let out of jail," that was her. That's why her hair is short because she was imprisoned and then out. But she. she oh, I just thought she was emo. so so yeah so she was at least a a noble person and uh and obviously loved her so that was all good she was the empress but then when it comes to well let me pick a new empress or queen it's like well we can do this to get the uh, who was i don't remember who which nationality but he was trying to because he goes at first to the the main guy i i don't remember all these guys you know what country they're from but you know he's like how about your sister and, and he's like she's already taken he's like hmm what, what about, about the, the younger other sister? one yeah. she's 15 you know that right and he's like but it's 1893 nobody cares right and so 15 an old maid yeah right, right so so it's always about i mean she- elvis is gonna do it and that's 60 <laughs> years from now well, there go the comments. There, well, this is <laughs> good job, Tom. We're working on it. So, anyway, um, oh but, wait, a hundred and sixty years from now. But uh, I thought the war scenes were really good. I, I think Ridley Scott. You know, I thought that uh, it really looked like they filmed on not on location, but practical sets for a lot of it. You know, yeah, it didn't no, look like a bunch of CG mumbo jumbo. Yeah. I looked just, like people were out there. I, I, you know, usually now it's all CG. 
people. And if there was, they were, they were really good. What you would see crowds of people in formations. And a lot of the times it looked like they were using real people and choreographing it, if you will, and staging it all. And, and, uh, they were intense. Like they kept my attention. I wasn't checking out like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think showing his strategy and how, I mean, the thing with the ice, the, the ice thing was cool. Was yeah. really, I mean, and that, I think that shows him like, again, love, take him or leave him he was a brilliant tactician and to show how he would you know trick these other forces and stage these whatever these attacks it, it was i don't know it was really interesting and yeah to get him lure them all on the ice and they're slipping and like wait what's under us and shooting cannonballs and break them through the ice now i looked up the history of that apparently they found all horses and like one guy so i guess the horses ran out there and there was like one soldier in the ice because he wanted to drain the pond for some reason like see how many people and like that trick didn't really trap a lot of people, but <laughs> sure, sure, it's cinematic. You know? Okay, yeah, I th- I like the battlefield scenes in this. I thought yeah. they were, I thought they were well done, but a little goes a long way. And by the time we get to the third or fourth battle yeah. that we see, it's like okay, send in more guys with bayonets to fight hand to hand combat. I uh, I just don't know what else. Like I don't know what else, when I I haven't seen a movie like this in a long time. I you know I think of movies like I'm, I'm not saying this is as big but like braveheart or you know the mm-hmm. patriot or whatever you know any mel gibson movie just <laughs> but but you know when they're on the battlefield staging the these, beaver the what the beaver yeah that's very yeah <laughs> um he was at war with his demons tom yeah well that's all of his movies <laughs> right uh, but but i haven't i don't see a lot of movies that are you know this is this seem, this is kind of a dad movie right i like, was I just mean, thinking this, this movie is, weekend this, this movie is, is destined to be given to a father on Blu-ray for Father's what? Day and never open. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is a dad movie and and I haven't seen one of these war type movies with the, you know, the outfits. I thought the I thought the costumes were really good. I thought the sets were really good when they were in their big lavish homes and the parties and the paintings and the gold whatever. Like I thought the set design was really good and and the war scenes were really good and I don't know what else you come to a movie like this for if not to watch these big elaborate war scenes cuz I think the people watching this movie or the target audience are watching A&E and the history channel th- and the formations and they want to see it all i think it's like a like a the difference between a good action movie and a mediocre action movie it's like if you don't care what's going on in between the action scenes then the action scenes are just action yeah scenes. i thought that ridley scott couldn't decide whether he was making a love story or a war movie yeah and so he made them both and it just as tom said it yeah parts of it distract from the other part yeah it's interesting yeah i could I, see yeah i would have rather seen more of the political machinations of what was going on because i'm just like I don't understand anything about how he's ruling. It's like you go all, to Star Wars for that. All we, yeah, all we ever see is him as a general. We never see him as an emperor. But I, you know what? But I think that was one of the things that I know. This is kind of like the Cliff Notes version when you're watching something like this and packing a whole his thirty years of rule or whatever into a. Th- what is this two and a half 245 it was yeah. like 237 like I yeah think. okay uh so when you're doing that it's really hard to tell it but the thing about napoleon that endeared him to the people and his military was he would fight alongside them which yeah. is really different right because most of the time the generals sit in the very back and they command people and send their you know first wave out to die and all that and they, they control all that and he would fight alongside them and that is what is why a lot of these forces when you see when you see things falling apart and he's like, remember when I used to fight alongside you and, and you know, I, I miss ruling with you or whatever. And they were like, yeah, I remember that. I want that again. Like 
they realized he cared about them and was risking his putting his life on the line, not just sending them out to die. And so showing him doing all the war stuff like that was that was his deal was he wasn't just in his office ruling the country. Yeah. You know, he had people for that. And his brother was one of them. Like when he was gone at war, you know, other Napoleon was there running the country. And his thing was, you know, I'm going to go to war and fight alongside them. So I guess that was just a huge part of the way he ruled. But it's not in the movie. Well, you get, you get the war see, stuff is. You get to see him out there with yeah. his troops at or near the battlefield. I didn't even know he had a brother. Yeah, the guy, he's in the movie. He's the is guy he? that pulled him out of the, uh, when they almost kill him, that's his brother talking because he was like the politician type. When when he's like, you know, we're going to he's we're gonna be an emperor now instead of a five-person whatever, and all the people are like, what uh, happened to That was his those? brother? The, that was his brother. I oh. didn't know that either. Well, because yeah. he, he says, he says, if my brother does anything to destroy fans, I will kill him when he has him at sword point and the troops go in and, remember, no, sword point, he goes, if my brother, blah, 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 I will kill him. And then the troops run in and they, they surround all the politicians at gunpoint. And they're like, and then he goes, shall we vote? That's kind of a funny line. Yeah, that was. At gunpoint. Right before that, he yeah. says, my brother. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I just thought he meant kind of like. My brother hey, in bro. arms. Yeah. Yeah. I, here's yeah. a thing I hate. It, and this movie does it, but all these movies yeah. do it. When they're giving the speech on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you just told me there's 125,000 people there. Three of them can hear you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and by the way, some of the guys who are there, other generals who are shouting stuff, yeah. couldn't understand a word they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, and by the way, we had the amplification right. of their voices. Imagine you're yeah. two hills away. Right. I'm like, how does that guy get the message to go? Who's what hearing? What do you say? What do you say? Who's hearing this rousing speech? It's you're like giving? telephone at the very end. He's, yeah. The guy goes, he said, go get him. Yeah. <laughs> Attack Russia? No, Prussia. <laughs> Australia? <laughs> well, that's going to be a hell of a walk. I'm pretty sure he said Austria. <laughs> so basically his big downfall was that Napoleon- Never start a land war in Asia. In yeah. winter. In yeah. winter. Well, they so they started in summer, and he underestimated how long it would take. So that was one his biggest mistake, really, as a tactician that I've surmised, is that he started in summer and was making his way to Russia because they would not join him. And they get there, and they, like, deserted the town. He's like, where is everyone? And so they sleep that night, and then they wake up to the whole city ablaze. And so what they did was they... They trapped them. They got them to march into Russia in the dead of winter, and then they all evacuated and burnt everything behind them. They killed their livestock. They burnt the cities. So they left all these this forces of 400,000 people with nothing to eat, nowhere to sleep, no shelter in the winter. And that's why 400,000 went down to, I think, 40,000 returned or something. It was like 10%. All right. I do have a question about this. Uh, the Russians also had no place to sleep and nothing to eat. Well, they must have. Well, as they, they where do they go? They, They're they used to the, it. No. They're going to get an Airbnb in no, Poland. No, 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 no. They, they, they like retreated and they slept in the place. And then when Napoleon got to it, they burnt it and then went to the next place. Like they strategically had places and then used them, burned them, used them, burned, like as they went. Okay. Yeah. It's like Sherman. I don't think they were the like. Sea. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they were like. You're going down with me. Like they strategically made it so that the. No, I know they yeah. burned A and then they moved to B. Right. And then they burned B and moved to C. Yeah. But eventually B and C have to have the capacity to feed and house you yeah. before you move out of A. Yeah. Well, they figured it out, I guess. All, all, all I could think <laughs> when the whole town, the whole, the whole Russian city, whatever, 
city it was. I don't care. Uh, they all leave, right? They completely abandon this mm-hmm. town. And I'm like, we couldn't even get first to wear masks. Right? <laughs> like, and, and well, they got the whole town, everybody out. Okie dokie. Well, yep. It's just a little different because <laughs> when they say wear masks and you say no, they go, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just a little bit different. I'm not sure masks is the analogy there. Maybe a hurricane hitting Florida, everybody should leave. Yeah. Would be a better analogy for okay. you. But yeah. whatever. But you it's still like have those people, I'm not leaving I'm not my leaving. land. Yeah. But there were repercussions. And I'm not saying that was better. But there's a reason why. It's like people have a little bit more freedom. That's why we're. Reaper Russians. <laughs> Sorry. They were Reaper Russians. No. So anyway, so that was his main downfall. I mean, I know we're bouncing all over, but yeah, the movie is just, it's his ascent from, he was, when he was like in his 20s, he commanded, he was like, it wasn't, it wasn't like an army. He was, he was a general or whatever ranking inside of like the public safety division or something. <laughs> it, 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 it really was. He was, he was in charge of public. He was in the safety patrol. <laughs> yeah. It really. Parks and rec. Yeah. What it, it, it was, it was like whatever he was, a you know, and there's still military force around, but he was in charge of public safety and he, I guess he made him safe and uh, he climbed the ranks and, 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 England had taken over and he staged that thing in the beginning where he went in and, and got their territory back and everything and so he climbed the ranks and became a very um, decorated soldier and so he just kept doing that and with his tactician mind he was able to come up with these ideas and then eventually then when they were like well we need to change the way for France we don't we've got these five guys like the they, they left and started a burger place I don't know if you know that but oh. the five guys that <laughs> wow. were in charge um, but they were they elected these five people they invented the formage burger yeah exactly <laughs> that were like making the decisions for France and that's when they're like yeah this isn't like Napoleon and his brother and their friend again I don't know who all the different people were but the people that wanted power they said yeah let's get them out and we'll rule the country and so that's when it became a three person board and Napoleon was one of them and, and then eventually as Napoleon wins more wars and he's got people chirping in his ear and his other advisor, friend, guy, whoever that was, is like, how about King? And, you know, and he's like, that's ridiculous. And he's like, and the next day he's like, now Napoleon, emperor of France, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he got these ideas where he would come into more power, more power. He was winning wars. He, uh, the people loved him. And, and uh, they were very poor at this time. They were coming out of – that's why you see in the beginning it opens with Marie Antoinette being – hanged because no guillotine. no guillotine oh i'm sorry you're right yeah. dang it i was trying she to, lost her head i was yeah. trying yeah i was trying women to, <laughs> i was trying to i always say guillotine and they pronounce it guillotine a lot of people in the videos historians say guillotine and i don't know it seems weird to me but i've always heard guillotine right so because it sounds it sounds like how you're supposed to say it yeah. if it's french or Whatever, but no, I don't know. A lot of people say guillotine. And I'm I like, think That's... the double L is a Y sound in Spanish, not in French. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that sounds right. But anyway, so it opens with Marie Antoinette dying and her husband, King Louis Sixteenth, was, I guess he was guillotined first and then she was put in prison. And then the, the whole thing was that uh, they were living this lavish lifestyle as kings and queens generally do. Right. And the people were poor, like poorer than poor, beyond poor. They couldn't afford bread, and that's why she supposedly said, let them eat cake, because she was so out of touch, which is apparently a hit piece, because yeah. she wasn't so stupid to think, yeah. 
you know, she she knew that if they didn't have bread, they couldn't go and eat cake. But that's what someone said. Like, oh, can you believe she said that? Let's put her in jail. Twitter. So, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it was not even X at that point or Twitter. No. It was, yeah, I don't know what it was back it then. It was Gitter. Get her, yeah, get her, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, so at this point in time, the French people were very poor. Uh, they were paying, I think, up to fifty percent of their income in taxes, fifty percent, and the rich had tax loopholes. Which, again, I mean, all this would have made for an interesting movie if they did yeah. less war stuff and more of the. Well, political thank God stuff. it's not like that anymore. Yeah, right. Well, that's what I mean, because really, if you look at it, it's like, wow, how interesting is this, that the poor citizens are paying 50% in taxes and the rich are paying nothing because of loopholes. Like, that's how it was. So anyway, they they got that's this is how revolutions start, right? And so she did enjoy her lavish parties and gold decorations and all that, as kings and queens do. And then the poor people say, we can't afford bread. So there was a revolution. And, and you know, King Louis out. She's in jail. She eventually got guillotined. And then... Uh, <laughs> You know, and that's what started with this new rulership, and then it went to three, then to Napoleon and all that. But the people loved him because he was bringing prosperity and money back in, and and he was doing things for and, and instituting. Uh, well, religion came into play, like you see. I guess he becomes emperor. He the Catholic Church is the one that christened. I don't know how that usually works with being knighted. Don't look or at me. King. Yeah, but but uh, well, because uh, the, the way the order was supposed to work is it goes like. God, then king. So the mm, church is, okay. over, like over, like overruled everything. I see. So like the pope would, gotcha. You know. So and that's why it was a big deal when like Henry the Eighth broke away from the Catholic I Church see. and created the Church of England. Okay. Yeah. So 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 he brought religion back in because he made and and this is I know this is an interesting history lesson. None of this is in the movie, but I wanted to go learn about it because yeah. I'm like I don't know what's going on here. Cool battles. He's a good general but i don't know anything so he brought catholicism back and made it the the religion the official religion of france and so that's how he got the catholics on board and the church and everything and so the people liked him he was bringing money back in brought religion in and so he had a lot of people supporting him the people the church and all this and that is how he kept in power and stayed in power and was better than the people that were not letting them eat bread. But Kevin, I got to tell you, here's part of my problem with this movie. Yes. If you didn't know all the stuff that you went and learned, right. yeah. there's no context for you in this movie, even though, and by the way, in, in my movie going experience, voiceovers, unless done by Morgan Freeman, uh-huh. uh, tell you that you're doing a bad job of storytelling. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, almost, it's, it's some, almost always a cheat. And it's all, almost right. always added in post-production because right, you sure. showed it to somebody and they say, I don't what's know what's going, going on. on. What is happening? Get the guy in the booth and have him yeah. say, and then we went to whoever it was. Or, or in this case, I think Vanessa Kirby as Josephine tells some of the things that are going on. I know some of the lines in this movie are, I don't know if you'd say exposition-y, but there's little drops of like... Yeah. It, it's kind of not as egregious at all. I'm still mad at that second new Spider-Man movie where they're in the bar and he's like, and you Smith, you tricked them into doing whatever. Yeah. And you, d-. it's like, dude, what they did it. You, they did the plan. You don't need to tell them. So it's for us. But there were a couple lines in the movie where like, well, and you did blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that was ridiculous. But if you need to add that mm. or you assume that your audience knows the things that you learned by, going on Wikipedia, uh, then I I, I think you failed as a movie maker. I think this is an example of a filmmaker being too knowledgeable about the source and forgetting that his audience is not. Well, 
I think of a recent movie, right? Five Nights at Freddy's made buku bucks, Mm -hmm. tons of money. If you don't play the games, if you don't know the games, if you don't like the games, the movie has nothing for you. No value. You can't go, this has cool kills, this has good comedy, this has whatever. I mean, mean, okay, some set design and some Henson Muppets. Like, okay, impressive. But for the most part, the movie has nothing for you. I think this is a movie for history buffs that want to see these stage these wars staged in a cinematic fashion. I agree that doesn't make your point invalid. I mean, you're right. It, it, the failure of this film is that I was interested enough in it that I went and did the research. But had I not, or had someone not gone in and known all this, you really take away. Yeah, he's good at war stuff, but you don't know about his political the political ambitions or how th- you know things change or came to be. I mean, but. On the other flip side, Five Nights at Freddy's is for the fans, and they turned up, and it made a ton of money. And I think this movie is for the history buffs. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, because I don't like Five Nights at Freddy's for similar reasons. And this movie failed in that regard to me, but I think it, you know, the sets, the costumes, the war scenes, it was interesting enough and had my attention to where I still enjoyed the movie. And, you know, if it did a bad job, I would have been like, oh, that sucked and not watch two hours of YouTube. But I saw it last (laughs) night and I watched a ton of these YouTube videos because I'm like, this is really interesting stuff. So I think the movie does a really good job at doing what it sets out to do, which is like, hey, history buffs, you know, all this stuff with Napoleon and, you know, people he gets a bad rap. But look at all the the wars he won and how good he was at what he did. And it also feels, though, that like part of the reason he was winning is because he had lots of people and resources like he could just keep throwing bodies at it until he overwhelmed the competition it's like like not to disparage us generals but like you have all the money and weapons in the world so how clever do you really have to be you know what i mean <laughs> you know like you're yeah. the 800 pound gorilla yeah i mean i get that but also he formed those alliances like if napoleon didn't go and you know he went to Egypt and he went to all these places to gather their support and to make these connections and to get England out of there so that he could then partner up. And then he gets, I mean, he won that war on the ice against Austria. It was yeah. Austria and Prussia, right? Was Poland. It, was it Poland yeah. and, and Austria and Austria? Poland. Okay. So he go. so he gets Austria, he beats Austria and Poland. And what he does, and they say it in the movie is he says, you know, I didn't take my victory lap or whatever. You know, I I can throw you all in jail and basically kill you all. Uh, you know, because we won the war. Like instead of killing you on the battlefield, we imprison you, and that basically is you're dead. Um, and so he says, "How about we form an alliance?" So his tactician mind was not just go kill everybody. Whatever. It's like, hey, I won. You know, I I beat you in this game of chess, and let's partner up now, and we'll both be on this side. I believe it was Tritigo. Was history yeah. okay? <laughs> so I, you know, I think that just shows there's more of risk actually. <laughs> yeah, I think that it how did sh- he get to Kamchatka? <laughs> I think that shows that Napoleon had a very strategic mind to where he wouldn't just kill people or be in a mad power trip. And well, you won against me, so you're dead now. He's like, I won, but I spared you. You know, I will come calling on you for a favor <laughs> someday. <laughs> and uh, I don't so know. It's turned into the Godfather. Yeah, that's just what I took from it. One is that, day, I'm going to need a favor. And that day, it may never come. Yeah. But in the meantime, a romantic interlude where I just go have sex with my wife. Yes. and Who could not be more disinterested. Yeah. Correct. Talk but about it, not being able to read the room. Because the, the movie I, you're talking about, Kevin, a history movie about a war and a genius at war is not what this movie is. Yeah. This is a half of a movie about that. It makes that. me wonder, right. when I hear the other part, 
and then I see this movie, it makes me wonder if Napoleon was on the spectrum. Like, was he, like, for real? Like, was he, like, his... You know how a lot of people with autism, they have that one thing that they really dial in on that mm-hmm. they're experts on. Like, oh, this kid can tell the difference between trains based just on the sounds, right? Like, I wonder if he was like that with war. And and then... But, like, for love, he was totally oblivious. But, like, then he meets this girl and he's never had a girl. That's what it sure seems like. And, and oh, then... What, what historians say was that he was, in, from a very young age, he was on his own. His parents whatever died weren't around he has all these brothers his parents had like 12 kids i think eight survived uh, you know but but for the times you know they had a very big family for medicine not being very good and so at a young age he goes to fight and at 22 he becomes a general and all this stuff and apparently when it comes to love like that was the only time he wasn't in control so he was kind of submissive and he liked the fact that there was this woman that he could chase after and would kind of take care of him and that's what they show you in those weird scenes and they seem kind of weird you're like this is this general guy and he's coming home and then they have this kind of kinky thing where she's like you are nothing without me and all that but that is what then i watch these videos and they're like he liked that because it was the only place where he wasn't the the emperor you know yeah. and, and uh and so but but he was did yeah, seem- on the face of it like i know it's a simplistic take but like i don't know how else to read that other yeah. than the guy like he gets thrown around so much but the guy was a cuckold like he he dug it like it was his jam yeah. i i mean i don't think he's so much liked being cucked as he just wanted kind of a, a mommy you know he wanted yeah. someone to take care of him and not have to make all these decisions I, he's running the country i kind of disagree because he was not happy when those guys eh, the, like i get that he's not happy but that's also part of it right that's also part of Oh, like, let's fight now and have some rough sex yeah. and all that? Yeah, because yeah. it's like, honestly, like, if he was that mortified, he would have either divorced her or killed, killed her right. and and moved on. I can't believe that guy wasn't killed. The the little boy blue. Yeah. You know, that guy, the guy they show that the only guy wearing a blue outfit, so you know it's the guy she right. was sleeping with. Yeah. Like, he only wears, like, is that, those are his house and colors, s- I guess? Yeah, so it's like, I if... If he was that mortified by it, yeah, he's he, that, how did he not get that guy killed? Right, then, like because yeah, he could have. He right? could have done all those things, and nobody would have said a word. If anything, his standing would have risen with people. Right back then, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I I, I don't disagree. It was very weird. And clearly, how they, he doesn't mind people dying. Yeah, like right. he's not a po- he's not you know he's not opposed to that. So I don't know how to read that other than. The dude liked it. Hmm. That's, that's... Now, all of that said, I I do have to say the performer I like the most in this movie was Vanessa Kirby okay. as, uh, yeah, as Jacqueline. Just, yeah. I think she gives a really, really good, nuanced performance, mm-hmm. and it's almost like she knew how to manipulate this guy, yeah. who knew how to manipulate all these hundreds of thousands of men at war, yeah. but he didn't know what he was doing when he was with her. Not, I'm not just talking about in bed. I'm just talking about yeah. in little conversations between them. Well, he, he was did. obviously overwhelmed with love for her. Well, yeah, she was. Again, she was an aristocrat, and she she came from this very high, you know, political family where she knows how to wheel and deal. And so, you know, when you see it in the movie, and he's like, "Why haven't we had an heir? We should, you know, be having sex twenty times a day or whatever." She's like, "I'm busy. I'm out here." you know taking care of the country and setting up things for the people and all that so she was used to that she was very smart and intelligent and uh capable and so he was kind of um out of his league when it came to a woman like that because and and i don't think he knew how to deal with her uh he didn't know that 
Love is a battlefield. Yeah, mm. exactly. Uh, so Vanessa Kirby was in Mission Impossible. She's the blonde one yeah. with the blue, really bright blue eyes or whatever. And then remember they change her eye color to brown oh, on the, that tray. Yeah, the one that they meet the, towards the end. Yeah, the she's in yeah. both the last movies. But, gotcha. But she's, two, yeah. yeah, but she changes her eye color or whatever. So ah. she is lovely. Yeah. Um, Let me just go back to the sending a letter every day. Sure. I, how do they get back and forth? That's my question. Yeah, I, you're, I've you're, never, you're in Egypt. I've never, she's in France. Yeah. First of all, to fly that. I was just in Egypt not long ago. Ooh, it's like crazy. 11 hours across the Atlantic just to get to, to Newark, fly, New right. Jersey. Now, France wasn't that far, but it's still hours to fly. Yeah. So a horse. Jenkins, get in here. Take this letter to my beloved. Now. And make sure you get there in the next year. But I think something that Ridley Scott did, which was really, really interesting, and it's not specifically in Egypt, but they do show this multiple times, and I thought this was fascinating. I think he's so historically accurate with things. The guy riding two horses. So you can give one horse a break and ride the other one and just ride next to you and then jump to the other. I've never in my life ever seen that in a movie. No, and it are. makes perfect sense. You can't just ride one horse and what, okay, let's camp out for a day and whatever. No, they got to get a letter. They have to get intel. Someone's five miles away, 12 miles away. Nope, ride from horse to horse. I thought that was fascinating. And he showed it. No other movies show that. I agree. I'm not saying no other. Don't write me in with, well, yeah. do <laughs> comment on YouTube. But uh, you know what I mean? Someone's maybe done it. But I never have seen it's that. It's not a the, frequent thing. Yeah. So I was just happy to see a horse not getting blown apart. Right. I thought we were... <laughs> going to see horse shrapnel i have seen movies where a rider uh rides to a certain point and there's another person with another horse waiting for them oh, yeah and he gets off one and gets that's on the a, other and continues along the that's way that's a that's a relay race at the end of camp paul <laughs> no that's that, that, that's <laughs> how they did the pony that's express the i'm pretty sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No, which no. only lasted for like 18 months people think that's a thing that went on forever yeah but it was a very brief period of time and how long did it take to get from st joe missouri to san francisco 18 months he just did it the once <laughs> <laughs> why hasn't she written back because it's been a year and a half i, I know so him writing every I read a day fascinating book about the this doesn't sound like it would be fascinating about the history of the u.s postal service mm-hmm. oh i'm sure i've i've read those little placards on things at museums or whatever yeah. and i'm like this is and it was riveting just yeah. like how, like how it progressed and how and and it was also fascinating to learn that apparently conservatives have always hated the post office. And I'm like, what do you got against the mail? And and they would all they would always conspire to try and make the post office ineffective and then complain about the fact that it was losing money. Mm-hmm. It was it's like the weirdest thing. And I mean, and this has gone on for legit hundreds of years Mm -hmm. and it's whatever the conservatives are in any particular point in time and then and then they're like it needs to make money and then it's also kind of weird because people in rural areas tend to be more conservative and they're the people who only get mail because of the big cities like if you insisted on that the postal service be profitable the first thing they would do would be to stop delivering mail to the people who are complaining about the lack of profitability right privatizing the mail is a bad idea and there's a concept called in delivery called the last mile yeah you know ups and fedex quite often deliver your package to the post office and Mm -hmm. they take it the last mile to your house yeah particularly in rural areas you're exactly right yeah and and at the beginning of the post office, sorry, taking us down a rabbit hole, at the beginning of the post office, it was actually illegal 
to be, have a private company deliver packages mm-hmm. because that's oh, where wow. the profit was. Yeah. And so it was like if you take that away from the post office, they can't afford to deliver letters. And they would deliver letters a lot of times, multiple times a day. Like you would get like post like letter deliveries two or three times during the day. Huh. And they would uh and and then companies started coming in wanting to deliver letters themselves and they had to make that illegal. That's part of why it's illegal to put anything in your po- in your mailbox. Yeah, oh, it's, left, they were going it's in. left over from that. And so mm. what would happen is these private companies would be like, well, it's really easy to deliver letters in Boston, but for but you know, the people that live you know, 40 miles outside of Boston can just get effed. Yep. And so and so How they about would Alaska. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so they would come in and they would want to deliver letters in the big cities where it was really easy and dense and cost effective and then leave the unprofitable stuff to the government. So they yeah. had to pass all these laws to make that illegal. <laughs> Interesting postal fact in the 18 months or whatever it was that the Pony Express was around. Not one horse's head exploded. <laughs> not one. That's that's American know how. Ridley Scott <laughs> wasn't around back then. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, Napoleon. Yeah. So, I mean, he fights all the wars. He wins most of them. Uh, and then that, that really crappy thing happens with Russia where he loses 300,000 people or whatever. He comes back with 10% of his troops. And they're like, yeah, that's not really cool. So you're going to be abdicated. I don't know what the word is, but you're you're not emperor anymore. But you're set up, he gets the golden parachute. He gets $2 million francs a year he gets his own island of elba which is the part i knew because i'm watching all this stuff and i'm famous like, for the toast mm-hmm. <laughs> i was watching all this stuff and i'm like doesn't he end up i'm like i don't know much about napoleon but i know that he is banished to an island uh but he ends up on elba and he's he's there uh uh jacqueline gets is it jacqueline Mm-hmm. Josephine. Josephine. Josephine, sorry. Josephine ends up well, with Josephine was gone by then. It was Jacqueline. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like it was Josephine got a pretty good deal. She, they're like she draws her annual 1 million francs. I'm like, "Dang. The emperor the ex the former empress whatever gets a sweet retirement yeah. plan. She doesn't have to do anything." Rich people. I know, right? But seriously, and she gets she's getting 1 million, Napoleon gets 2 million? Dang. You know Henry VIII's wives have to be like, what the holy hell? <laughs> right? <laughs> so so he goes to the island, and he's bored as heck. He's got nothing to do there. He's like, this sucks. He gets like a tiny little you know, army of people. He gets some guards, and he gets an island, and it's like he's on Alcatraz. I mean, he's just looking out over the rocks. There's nothing there. And I don't so, think knitting had been invented yet, so he yeah. had nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. It's a very poor island. You see the people that live there just kind of, you know, it's just he, it, there's nothing for him to do there. He's this emperor stuck on this island. So he says, I miss France, and he's still writing Josephine, and I miss you, and all this stuff. Um, meanwhile, we see she's getting sick. She's been discovered she has some kind of chest cold, whatever, and uh, the doctor says, stay in bed. She looks very bad, and she's there with her daughter, so I guess that's the grown-up, one of the kids finally showed back up yeah that we've never seen it's still the son still the little guy with the sword i don't know what ever happened to him i i think that's a very weird thing i i know that's hard in movies when you're focusing on all these characters and the war and the politics and all that but don't even show us the kid then but i guess at this point it's 20 years later so if they showed us the kid it would be a different actor. Oh, sure. And then now you got to explain who he is. No, it's probably easier just like, eh. I get it, but it's just they showed the kid, and he was a, a plot point of how they met. That's how he met Joseph. Let's not do anything to throw this movie, slow this movie down. Like, let's. Yeah. I just <laughs> thought it was weird that, but if you didn't know the history of it, it's like she had two kids, and then when that daughter is by her side, 
I'm like, she had a daughter? And uh, you know what I mean? Like, because they just glossed over this and didn't show you any of the kids, and all of a sudden there's an adult daughter. But anyway, so he gets off the boat, or he he steals a fishing boat or whatever and says, if you don't mess with us, then you're good. So he commandeers that, gets back to France. Meanwhile, there's word of that, so the army comes to stop Napoleon, and and, uh, then he has this rousing speech to all his soldiers that were his soldiers before he was excommunicated and he says you know i miss you guys i miss fighting alongside you i you know let's make france great again let's go find some new people to kill yeah, yeah. good and times so they all hooray and and, and who so has he, a horse yeah. <laughs> so so he gets his army again he gets his army back and like it, and he basically like it seems like he takes over france because all of a sudden when they go to the next big battle with uh, waterloo which is his downfall he's like we have one hundred and twenty-five thousand people they have this that and i'm like God, he went from the island and gathered 125,000 people. I mean, the dude, the people like Napoleon. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, it's just whatever. He was bringing prosperity to France, and people were happy with his rule because he was excommunicated. The, the you know, the fancy pants people tried to take over. They kicked him out, and then you see, like, you know, the big fat guys in charge then. And, you know, all the people that just do nothing that sit around and eat and enjoy all the wealth and everything. And then, you know, Napoleon comes back from the island and he can gather 125,000 troops. It's like, he was an influencer. Yeah, he was yeah. like, yeah, social media. Yeah. He was an influencer. So so anyway, he comes back. He gets this huge army, but uh, he just can't beat these guys. He's, you've, Alexander, was that Prussia or Russia? I think that's Russia. Okay. Alexander was supposed to team up with him, but he didn't. And then I feel like that's the – it was either him or Prussia then, the guy that comes back to, to – to his ex, whatever, Josephine, and says, remember he's like dancing with her? That's yeah, like that's one the of Russia things. guy. Oh, it is Russia. It's okay. the Russia guy. So that's Alexander. So then I'm like, dang, man, talk about being cucked. That guy was supposed to fight with Napoleon. He yeah. screwed him over, and then he gets excommunicated, and he's back macking on his yeah. wife, his ex-wife, that uh, he didn't want a divorce but had to because of the air thing. Anyway, but so now Alexander and England are teaming up, and I believe – but then I thought they said Prussia was on the periphery, so I don't. I'm all confused. About okay, the, see now here's the problem. Yeah, you did a lot of research yeah. on this, and you still don't know what the <laughs> hell was going on in this movie. Well, because I thought the Alexander guy that portrayed him, and if you're saying that's Russia, but I'm pretty sure. Remember the guy that was riding out on his two horses, and he said they're 15 miles out, they're five miles out. I thought that was Prussia. He said, "We know he's fighting against England," and so. Either way, I think it's Prussia and England, but England has taken back over everything. And, and you know, Napoleon's coming back to, to fight for France and the glory, and that's why everyone's following him, because France doesn't want to be ruled by England. That's where we were in the beginning, is England was coming in and trying to take over. And so he, this is, you know, the last, his last attempt to try to keep France, France, and not English English ruled. And so he goes up against England. Their army's too big. They've got what I think is Prussia coming to flank them on the other side. And so, you know, it's known if you don't know much about history, you know, Waterloo is the bat- big battle he loses. So, but you see all these different things. Uh, the tactical squares that the formation English England uses, that's a Napoleon thing. All these other countries studied Napoleon because he invented these things that are still used taught in military academies today like all these different you know strategic things that i don't know what they are but apparently they're they're still that good then he invented these things so england studied him why do they still study those things i mean that's not how we would fight a war today i guess for ground assaults or just the fact of like flanking or setting people here and if you're at this border and then you know i don't know what but there's some tactical reason 
um, that must apply today. But but they use it against him. So England is now has more people. They're using his own things against him. So their tricks aren't really working that well. And it just he has to retreat. So Napoleon, you know, he he runs away. You know, basically, whatever, puts a sword up at the English guy, Wellington. I only remember that because his beef is pretty famous. Mm. Uh, But he points a sword, whatever. So he retreats. He is in England and he wellington comes in and he's like oh i think i'm gonna really like the english countryside this is beautiful i heard you know it's nice this time of year and wellington's like what are you talking about (laughs) he's like you're napoleon like we're not gonna have you stage an uprising because if napoleon sticks around what's gonna happen people are gonna start going hey he's got some good ideas they know he's an influencer right so he's like no you're gonna take away his twitter yeah exactly so he's like you're going to an island, and it's not that fancy Elba place that you, that wasn't that really that great. I mean, he puts him to a really crappy island, mm-hmm. and he lives out the rest of his life. He's there for five years. Are I, are those his kids? I don't know. I can't keep track. They never tell you who's yeah, where kids those are. kids come I, from. I don't know. Are those just like some soldiers' kids that are playing? Are they his kids? Uh, the 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 fifteen year old, the once fifteen, obviously years have passed. She's older, but that wife that to try to get an heir, which he does, that we never see again, like. What happened to her? We didn't see her one more no. time. Is she on the island with him? Was she at Elba? Did she stay at Elba? Is she? Does she have a retirement plan? I don't know. They, she had they a just, Roth IRA. <laughs> was that it? Okay. She cashed that in, and mm-hmm. she didn't want to pay the taxes, so she fled. Right. So I was really disappointed that they didn't give us any insight on Napoleon's penis because it was supposedly cut off when he died. Yeah. It's in New Jersey in a basement. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's in a jar Wait, in New Jersey. Was this in the movie? No. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Because I, I, I thought maybe I blacked out in the movie because <laughs> I know that I didn't see this. You're like, hi. Hey. No, I thought we'd get... I, are, that's. Are you talking about his boner part? Oh, <laughs> nice. I mean, I had to. It's yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's Wait, got its who, own... Who cut off his penis? Uh, this is. It's got its own Wikipedia entry. <laughs> yeah. Napoleon's penis was allegedly amputated during an autopsy shortly after his death in 1821. Since then, it has passed through several owners. <laughs> it's the it's the uh, Chris. It's like the gag gift at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> who included ASW Rosenbach, whoever that is. Did he create the keyboard? But his name is clickable on Wikipedia, so it must be something somewhat important. That'd be great if he created the keyboard with the ADSW. He was an American collector, scholar, and dealer in rare books and manuscripts and, and penises and, and peni. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, peni. but uh, he was hung. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he was hung. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was purchased by John K. Latimer in 1977. Is that the urologist? And uh, it's let's see, mouse over his name. I believe that's the yes. urologist. Was a urologist it. who did extensive research on the Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy assassinations. Oh, sorry, oh, becoming <laughs> becoming the first medical. <laughs> For a second there, I thought, wow, I have really slept through history. Yeah. <laughs> becoming the first medical specialist. Not affiliated with the United States government to examine the medical evidence related to mm. Kennedy's assassination. So anyway, it is still held in his family, who keeps it as a private item in the nightstand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> private part. It is a private part. It was uh, described as similar to a piece of leather or a shriveled eel. Yeah. Apparently, it's one point five inches in a jar. Well, now. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't hold that against the guy. I know. I know. Yeah, right. It's, I don't think that's but, uh, very it's, indicative. It's no the pun guy, intended. Yeah, <laughs> the guy's daughter has it in her basement in New Jersey. Oh it's just a, <laughs> it's 
So there you go. I told when you she, I did my research. When I, she was a teenager, did she invite people? Hey, come I, on over. I yeah. bet if you, I mean, yeah, if you had Napoleons. You have that in your basement? Get, no, you don't. Right? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And then at parties, she'd put it like in the middle of like the, the snacks and the dinner, you know, all the ice sculptures. And so it'd be a centerpiece of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. This, uh, there's actually a, an entry here for <laughs> characteristics. Would you like to hear the characteristics? I just want to know at that party if anybody ordered hot dogs on, you know, the little, <laughs> the little smokies. On a, on a bun. Little yeah. smokies. Yeah. It says, the preserved penis was described by Judith Pascal in the New York Times as, quote, barely recognizable as a human <laughs> body part, oh. and its authenticity is unclear. A oh. documentary that aired on Channel 4, Dead Famous DNA, described it as, very small and measured to be one inch. Oh, see, it's, it's shrunk since then. It's not known what size it was during Napoleon's lifetime, but some sources say it was 1.5 inches. Okay. So, so the item's current owner has allowed 10 people to see it, and it has never been recorded on camera. So there you go. Sounds sounding a lot more like a Ripley's Believe It or Not thing. You know how like all that stuff was fake, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that amazes me is there is a world in which if they put that up for auction, somebody would pay millions. Sure. Yeah. I know. If that thing was in my basement right now, no, it would not be long before it was at, at Sotheby's or whatever. I mean, yeah. Why would you keep that around? That's that would get you a million. Even five hundred thousand. What are you gonna do with it? I know yeah. it's just yeah. except for unless that's I your, want that in my basement. Unless you're, that's your thing, right? You're like, oh, Indiana you're the, Jones. It deserves to be in a museum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, and then it's in a box in the basement, not in some giant yes, warehouse, uh, not a crate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, it's not even a shoebox. No, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's Napoleon. <laughs> I yeah. I, this I mean, it was. And if it was like it's not like Ridley Scott can't make a movie. Yeah. Like it's a good looking movie. I, I just two misses it. in a row though. I yeah, hate, like, I hated the last duel, and I did not like this. I yeah. mean, I don't. Oh, I remember it ended up. I ended up liking the last duel more than I thought I was going to. But I, uh, I wouldn't. This is not one that I. I don't think I would watch this ever again. Yeah, no. you know what? I mean? But like, I enjoyed it again for the historical, the stuff I learned. I like that when it seemed very realistic. You know, it sounded like historically. It seemed like he got it historically accurate. I learned some things. It, it looked good, the costumes and everything, and you know, and it made me want to learn more about it. But it's not one where I'd go, you know, Napoleon. This is a masterpiece. I'm going to watch this every year and whatever. I mean, it. I thought for, you know, a historical film that he did a lot of research on. It was good, but I wouldn't say, like, put this up for best picture. You know, it just yeah, it just kind of... Remember when you were in school and there was a book you were supposed to write about, but you found out there was a two-hour movie about it, and you <laughs> yes. could watch that this faster is... than you could... Yeah. If you did that with this, you would get an F on your paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this does fall prey to, to the, the curse of most biopics, which is what I call and-then-itis. Like, yeah. there's no narrative. It's just, and then this happened, yeah. and then this happened. And he tries and to do this. too much. There's yeah. too many and thens. Right. I think that's why they gave you the romance story, but you're right. It didn't focus on one or another enough to really... But, you know, he was trying to be like, let's put something in here besides war. I mean, s- let's not show 62 wars in a row. Yeah. Like, oh, Napoleon did, had this relationship. I and- prefer it when these ca- sorts of historical movies focus on one particular moment in time, like Lincoln. Yeah. Instead of trying to tell you Lincoln's life in its entirety, yep. because lives don't have a narrative, right? And so it makes for a boring or just a forced story of mm. and thens. And so if you have like, let's just tell the part about the time he did this, 
you can construct an actual story. You know, I one of the few biopics I think that kind of got away with that because there was a narrative was oddly enough straight out of Compton mm-hmm. because their narrative was kind of like fighting against the the record industry mm-hmm. and the police being against them, and so it kind of it there was a I don't want to say forced narrative, but there was a narrative structure mm-hmm. kind of over. Over the entire arc of their career that most artists don't have like as much as I love the Beatles if you did a movie about the Beatles like I think it'd be kind of boring it would be the same thing it would just be you sitting there waiting for them to play the songs you like mm-hmm. like right. Queen you know oh, but uh, don't, don't remind <laughs> me but about if that you one. think of good war movies take Saving Private Ryan right it, it's not even about all of World War Two right let alone the- let alone all of the decades before and after that. It no. doesn't, you know, it's not like, well, here's Captain Miller as a boy. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 if the, let's, let's focus on the Ryan brothers when they were very, very young. Right. right. And then they grow up and, you know, had yeah. this tragedy during the war. No, it's about this specific thing. Right. And in Ridley Scott's case, he tried to do the entire thing. Right. It's yeah. just too much. So um, what did you guys think about the mid credit scene? Setting up where they the, where they cut off his penis? <laughs> did I leave you early? Yeah, you did. Well, yeah. that's the the stinger at the very end is when the girl has it in a jar, and, ah. then, and then it says Napoleon will return? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I guess that's it for this one. Let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Paul. You can find me on HarrisOnline.com. This is Kevin. You can find me on harrisonline.com, working on the website. <laughs> uh, Behind the scenes, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett or subscribe to Circle of Wizards on your podcatcher of choice. And this is Tom. You can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And uh, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers. And now as we begin to wrap up, I realize I forgot to write a spoiler for this episode. So have a good trip. You're not going to get one. Oh. So let's go out. I can put the, it in post. With the generic, you've been warned. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. 